Chapter Twenty Nine of Captain Blood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Captain Blood, His Odyssey, by Raphael Sabatini. Chapter Twenty Nine, The Service of King William. One of the boats bumped alongside the Arabella and up the entrance ladder came first a slight spruce little gentleman in a coat of mulberry satin laced with gold whose wizened yellow rather peevish face was framed in a heavy black periwig his modish and costly apparel had nowise suffered by the adventure through which he had passed and he carried himself with the easy assurance of a man of rank. Here, quite clearly, was no buccaneer. He was closely followed by one who, in every particular, save that of age, was his physical opposite, corpulent in a brawny, vigorous way, with a full, round, weather-beaten face, whose mouth was humorous, and whose eyes were blue and twinkling. He was well-dressed, without fripperies, and bore with him an air of vigorous authority. As the little man stepped from the ladder into the waist, whither Captain Blood had gone to receive him, his sharp, ferrety dark eyes swept the uncouth ranks of the assembled crew of the Arabella and where the devil may i be now he demanded irritably are you english or what the devil are you myself i have the honour to be irish sir my name is blood captain peter blood and this is my ship the arabella all very much at your service blood shrilled the little man oh Splud, a pirate he swung to the colossus who followed him a damned pirate van de Koolen. rend my vitals but we're come from skyla to charybdis so said the other gutturally and again so <laughs> then the humour of it took him and he yielded to it damn "'What's to laugh at, you porpoise?' spluttered Mulberry Coat. "'A fine tale this'll make at home. "'Admiral van der Kuylen first loses his fleet in the night, "'then has his flagship fired under him by a French squadron, "'and ends all by being captured by a pirate. "'I'm glad you find it matter for laughter, "'since for my sins I happen to be with you, I'm damned if I do. There's a misapprehension, if I may be so bold as to point it out, put in blood, quietly. You are not captured, gentlemen. You are rescued. When you realize it, perhaps it will occur to you to acknowledge the hospitality I am offering you. It may be poor, but it is the best at my disposal. The fierce little gentleman stared at him. Damn! 
Do you permit yourself to be ironical? He disapproved him, and possibly, with a view to correcting any such tendency, proceeded to introduce himself. I am Lord Willoughby, King William's Governor-General of the West Indies, and this is Admiral van der Kuylen, commander of His Majesty's West Indian Fleet, at present mislaid somewhere in this damned Caribbean Sea. King William, quoth Blood, and he was conscious that Pitt and Dyke, who were behind him, now came edging nearer, sharing his own wonder, and who may be King William, and of what may he be king? What's that? In a wonder greater than his own, Lord Willoughby stared back at him at last. I am alluding to his majesty, King William the Third, William of Orange, who, with Queen Mary, has been ruling England for two months and more. There was a moment's silence, until Blood realized what he was being told. Do you mean, sir, that they've roused themselves at home, and kicked out that scoundrel James and his gang of ruffians? Admiral van der Kuylen nudged his lordship, a humorous twinkle in his blue eyes. His politics are very sound, I think, he growled. His lordship's smile brought lines like gashes into his leathery cheeks. Slife, haven't you heard? Where the devil have you been at all? Out of touch with the world for the last three months, said Blood. Stab me, you must have been, and in that three months the world has undergone some changes. Briefly he added an account of them. King James was fled to France, and living under the protection of King Louis and therefore, and for other reasons, England had joined the League against her, and was now at war with France. That was how it happened that the Dutch Admiral's flagship had been attacked by Monsieur de Rivarol's fleet that morning, from which it clearly followed that in his voyage from Cartagena the Frenchman must have spoken some ship that gave him the news. After that, with renewed assurances that aboard his ship they should be honorably entreated, Captain Blood led the Governor-General and the Admiral to his cabin, what time the work of rescue went on. The news he had received had set Blood's mind in a turmoil. If King James was dethroned and banished, there was an end to his own outlawry for his alleged share in an earlier attempt to drive out that tyrant. It became possible for him to return home, and take up his life again at the point where it was so unfortunately interrupted four years ago. He was dazzled by the prospect so abruptly opened out to him. The thing so filled his mind, moved him so deeply, that he must afford it expression. In doing so, more than he knew or intended, 
to the astute little gentleman who watched him so keenly the while. "'Go home, if you will,' said his lordship, when Blood paused. "'You may be sure that none will harass you on the score of your piracy, "'considering what it was done that drove you to it. "'But why be in haste? "'We have heard of you, to be sure, "'and we know of what you are capable upon the seas. "'Here is a great chance for you, "'since you declare yourself sick of piracy.' Should you choose to serve King William out here during this war, your knowledge of the West Indies should render you a very valuable servant to His Majesty's government, which you would not find ungrateful. You should consider it. Damn, sir, I repeat, it is a great chance you are given. That your lordship gives me, Blood amended, I am very grateful, but at the moment, I confess, I can consider nothing but this great news. It alters the shape of the world. I must accustom myself to it, as it now is, before I can determine my own place in it. Pitt came in to report that the work of rescue was at an end, and the men picked up some forty-five in all, safe aboard the two buccaneer ships. He asked for orders. Blood rose. I am negligent of your lordship's concerns in my consideration of my own. You'll be wishing me to land you at Port Royal. At Port Royal? The little man squirmed wrathfully on his seat. Wrathfully, and at length, he informed Blood that they had put into Port Royal last evening to find its deputy governor absent. He had gone on some wild goose chase to Tortuga, after buccaneers, taking the whole of the fleet with him. Blood stared in surprise a moment, then yielded to laughter. <laughs> He went, I suppose, before news reached him of the change of government at home, and the war with France. He did not, snapped Willoughby. He was informed of both, and also of my coming before he set out. Oh, impossible. So I should have thought, but I have the information from a Major Mallard whom I found in Port Royal apparently governing in this fool's absence. But is he mad to leave his post at such a time? Blood was amazed. Taking the whole fleet with him, pray remember, and leaving the place open to French attack. That is the sort of deputy governor that the late government thought fit to appoint, an epitome of its misrule, damn! He leaves Port Royal unguarded, save by a ramshackle fort that can be reduced to rubble in an hour. Stab me! It's unbelievable! The lingering smile faded from Blood's face. Is Riverall aware of this? he cried sharply. It was the Dutch Admiral who answered him. 
Would he go there if he were not? Monsieur de Rivarol, he takes some of our men prisoners. Perhaps they tell him. Perhaps he make them tell. It is a great opportunity. His lordship snarled like a mountain cat. That rascal bishop shall answer for it with his head, if there's any mischief done through this desertion of his post. What if it were deliberate, eh? What if he were more knave than fool? What if this is his way of serving King James, from whom he held his office? Captain Blood was generous. Hardly so much. It was just vindictiveness that urged him. It's myself he's hunting at Tortuga, my lord. But I'm, I'm thinking that while he's about it, <laughs> I'd best be looking after Jamaica for King William. He laughed with more mirth than he had used in the last two months. Set a course for Port Royal, Jeremy, and make all speed. We'll be level yet with Monsieur de Rivarol, and wipe off some other scores at the same time. Both Lord Willoughby and the Admiral were on their feet. But you are not equal to it, damn! cried his lordship. Any one of the Frenchmen's three ships is a match for both of yours, my man. In guns, ay, said Blood, and he smiled. But there's more than guns that matter in these affairs. If your lordship would like to see an action fought at sea, as an action should be fought, this is your opportunity. Both stared at him. But the odds, his lordship insisted. It'd be impossible, said van der Kudlen, shaking his great head. Seamanship is important, but guns is guns. If I can't defeat him, I can sink my own ships in the channel and block him until Bishop gets back from his wild goose chase with the squadron, or until your own fleet turns up. And... "'What good will that be, pray?' demanded Willoughby. "'I'll be after telling you. "'Riverol is a fool to take this chance, "'considering what he's got aboard. "'He carried in his hold the treasure plundered from Cartagena, "'amounting to forty million livres.' "'They jumped at the mention of that colossal sum.' He has got into Port Royal with it. Whether he defeats me or not, he doesn't come out of Port Royal with it again. And sooner or later, that treasure shall find its way into King William's coffers. After, say, one-fifth share shall have been paid to my buccaneers. Is that agreed, Lord Willoughby? His lordship stood up and, shaking back the cloud of lace from his wrist, held out a delicate white hand. Captain Blood, 
I discover greatness in you, said he. Sure it's your lordship <laughs> has the fine sight to perceive it, laughed the captain. Yes, yes, but how will you do it? growled van der Kuylen. Come on deck, and it's a demonstration I'll be giving you before the day's much older. End of chapter 29 Read by Dennis Sayers in Modesto, California for LibriVox Spring 2007